0: The Crop Consultant Conference returns live in person on September 16th and 17th in Visalia, California. For more information on credits, topics, and registration, visit progressivecrop.com forward slash conference. This podcast is sponsored by the California Walnut Board. Welcome to My Ag Life, where we cover your world in agriculture. This podcast is powered by the top publications in the industry. West Coast Nut, Progressive Crop Consultant, and Organic Farmer Magazine. Here is your host, Taylor Chalstrom. Hi, welcome to My Ag Life.
1: Today, we're talking with Aaron Wingate, agronomist with TriTech Ag Products Incorporated, about humic acids and their potential benefits to organic planting systems. Welcome, Aaron.
2: Hi, thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, great to have you here again. Erin, my first question for you here, what are humic acids and how do they work? You know, where do they originate even?
2: Yeah, um, humic acids and fulvic acids are extracted from, um, from leonardite ore or peat moss or compost or other organic matter sources. And they're also found naturally occurring in soil organic matter. And um, so to make the definition a little bit more clear, here's a chart um, of all of organic matter. And um, it can be organized into these different categories. And the first is the most obvious, it's what's alive. So, so microorganisms are in there. And, and then next is detritus, which is identifiable dead tissue. And so that's anything like um, like leaf drop or, um, crop residues and also the microbial populations are turning over all the time. So there's always <laughs> the recently deceased microbes. And then the last like major category is the non-living non-tissue humus, which has been decomposed somewhat. So that then is segmented into humic substances and non-humic substances. And the the non-humic substances are things that we recognize like um, amino acids and sugars and uh, different kinds of enzymes and cellular structures. Those are things that we can name um, and that have a known structure. And then there's this other component of um, what's already been broken down and that's the, the humic substances. And those are components that are not um, easily defined. So we don't know that their chemical structure in a precise way. We know that it's a group of complex carbon molecules that vary in size, and they all have lots of functional groups, meaning reactive arms on the molecules, and that makes them all very reactive in soil. And um, they're categorized based on their solubility in acid and base solutions. So these um, humic substances are, are kind of laboratory constructs. It's this just big umbrella term for all of the leftover carbon compounds from decomposition. So if you take the organic matter and you take out everything else and you're just left with all the humic substances, then you react it with a base of um, sodium hydroxide. Then what's insoluble and will precipitate out of solution is the human. And then whatever is soluble, so still in that base solution, includes the humic acids and the fulvic acids. Then what they do in the lab is they treat that solution with an acid So they drop the pH down way low and whatever precipitates out of solution that time are the humic acids. So they are a large or larger um, carbon compounds, molecular weight up to 300,000. I forgot the unit on that, but so there's that component. And then what's still soluble left in the solution are the fulvic acids and they are they're smaller and we use both of those in agriculture and they can be extracted like i said earlier from from both them a soil sample um, or from these other sources like the leonardite ore which is where we get most of the products in agriculture
1: in terms of distribution of humic substances in soils throughout the state is it fairly uniform or are there gonna be certain areas within the state that's gonna have a higher concentration maybe you're finding them more than others?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I think that it mostly depends on the total organic matter you have in the soil. So this, while I just defined them based on how they're extracted, the other way you can look at it is the process of how organic matter decomposes. So when a leaf drops, um, the microbes in the soil start to eat it up. And then those microbes are excreting extracellular compounds and, and then they will die and be decomposed themselves. And so the carbon that was originally in the leaf is then being cycled through all of the other biomass. And throughout that process, at some point, those recognizable carbon compounds get changed into something that is stable in the soil that doesn't have a known structure and those are the humic and fulvic acids and the human so it's the stabilized organic matter that um, is not easily decomposed anymore and it may still change depending on different soil chemical and biological processes and it's it's somewhat mysterious. It's it's not fully understood. Okay. Um, yeah, but you'll have more of it if you have more organic matter in the soil.
1: Erin, I want to talk about maybe some of these humic acid products that are made from extracting that from the soil. How are humic acid products beneficial? to organic planting systems and how are they effectively applied you know what does some of the research out there tell us about it
2: when i was reading about this i expected to find more information on plant stimulating effects and there's a little bit of that but it seems that the 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 biggest reason to apply humic and fulvic acids is for their micronutrient chelating and complexing abilities Um, So if you think about a natural system, um, a forest or wildlands, what have you, um, those plants have to get their iron and zinc and magnesium uh, from the soil. And they don't have a farmer coming out and applying EDTA or EDDHA or adjusting the soil pH, right? And, And so many of the micronutrients are only soluble and available for plant uptake in a narrow pH range. And and so there has to be another way besides just dissolving it in water for the micronutrients to stay in the soil solution and available for the plants to take them up. And in nature, that complexing agent is organic compounds. And those can be siderophores. They can be different kinds of organic acids, um, microbial metabolites, and they're also the humic and fulvic acids. And we we found that um, with the humic and fulvic acids that are on the market, that are extracted from the ore instead of from soil, um, that also works as a really effective chelating agent, which is so important for, for organic agriculture, because if the soil pH is in, you know, the, the normal range that we find in the West, like well above seven, um, you're not going to have enough iron available to meet the crop needs or zinc or manganese, you know? So, um, so it's really important to do something to make sure that the plant is getting what it needs And the the humic and fulvic acids can help a lot with that. And um, both applied foliarly and to the soil.
0: We're gonna be right back after a word from our sponsors. The California Walnut Board and Commission provides value to the California walnut industry by working together with growers and handlers to advance the industry. Together, the California Walnut Board and Commission are helping to protect, develop, and grow California walnuts domestically and internationally. The California Walnut Board provides funding and strategic direction on walnut production and post-harvest research designed to help support the industry and promote California walnuts. To learn more, visit our website at walnuts.org. Together we grow. Hi, we're
1: back talking with Aaron Wingate, agronomist with TriTech Ag Products Incorporated, about humic acids and their potential benefits to organic planting systems. Erin, in a recent article for Organic Pharma, you mentioned that humic acid products might influence soil microbiology, but effects do vary and remain difficult to predict in the field. You know how might humic acids actually affect microbiology?
2: Yeah, that's it's a big question, and it, I also wonder the same thing. And um, um, there's so much to learn about humic acids and some of the benefits to the plants seem to also benefit the microbes in a similar way. So the humic and fulvic acid ability to keep micronutrients in, in soil solution, that also benefits the soil microbes because they too need iron and zinc and everything. And, um, and then another way that they may influence microbiology is by being a direct energy substrate so even though the humic and fulvic acids are in this stabilized organic matter fraction there seems to be some organisms that can um take up and and use them as a food source as an energy source so they they're not easy to digest but some microbes can do it and if if uh, a few microorganisms start increasing in population size by consuming the humic and fulvics, then that will shift the microbial dynamic in the soil. Um, one community increasing will influence um, the survivorship or the growth of another community. So it's, it's very, very complex. And um, this is a lot of speculation on my part, but I'm curious to learn more and um, maybe we'll have another article another time. And the, the main thing to remember when you're trying to predict these things is, is that the humic and fulvic acids are super reactive. So they're buffering the pH and um, they have their own cation and anion exchange capacity. Um, and they, they also affect the enzymes in soil because those reactive arms, um, they, they reach out and they can affect enzymes ability to function. And so all of those things are changing the environment in a way that will affect the soil microbiome, but we just don't have a very good way of predicting how the microbiome will change.
1: Since there is some speculation about maybe some positive and negative effects against the microbiome. Are there any other kind of negative effects that humic or fulvic acids can have on other parts of the soil, maybe if too much is present in the soil?
2: Yes, yeah. So humic and fulvic acids, just like the macronutrients, have an optimum range. And so uh, if you apply too much, then it can actually have a, a negative impact on crop growth. And that may be because of the interference with soil enzymes and other organic acids that are involved in um, nutrient uptake and, and chelation. So it turns out that that there are many many complexing and chelating agents in the soil, and they all contribute to crop nutrition. So you know like we're not relying on um, on amino acid complexation alone,
1: Erin. Something else you briefly mentioned in your article was kind of how humic substances interact in soils with heavy metal contamination. How can these humic substances support crop health on soils with that heavy metal contamination?
2: Yeah, it's similar to micronutrient availability. Um, it's kind of the the other side of the coin. So it's, it's all about the equilibrium of all of the, the different elements in soil solution and in precipitated form and adsorbed onto surfaces such as humic acid surfaces or clay surfaces. So if you have a soil that has um, a heavy metal contamination, that means that the concentration of that element is, is way too high. And so if we add lots of humic or fulvic acids to the soil, then it's going to contribute some, some more absorption spots. So a lot of that heavy metal will start to bind and a new equilibrium will form with less of the heavy metal available in soil solution and more of it stuck onto those humic and fulvic acids.
1: When growers maybe come to you saying, hey, I have, or or you're finding, hey, you have heavy metal contamination in your soil." is this something that is at like the top of your recommendation list for them to add these humic and fulvic acids as, you know, to counter those metals or are there other solutions?
2: Yeah, there are other solutions too. but this is one of the things that I'll, I would rely on, especially in an organic system. And it, it depends on what the heavy metal is and what crop will be grown, um, because there are other bioremediation methods um, that may be more effective, like, like growing a crop that is really good at taking up that heavy metal and then harvesting it and pulling it from the field. That would maybe more more effectively remove it because when we use humic substances um, it's still there and unless we're able to leach it down the profile which again would would depend on the soil texture what heavy metal it is um, and probably the humic acid product as well but yeah it's a complicated question and I would just recommend that Um, that any growers out there who have heavy metal contamination, consult with your crop advisor, get a second opinion, take lots of lab tests, and um, treat each situation individually.
1: Is there a solid way to prevent heavy metal contamination in general, and maybe some of these organic settings, or is it really going to maybe depend on what the metal is that is contaminating?
2: I think that a lot of the contamination is is historical and sometimes can be found on sites that maybe used to be a mining site or maybe you've had a spill or where some kind of of, um, contaminated fertilizer may have been used. Um, You can request that your fertilizers are tested for heavy metals. Um, A lot of that information should be available online already. As far as how to prevent it in future, I'd say use the highest quality fertilizer you can and just periodically get it tested.
1: Erin, we got time for one last question here. Do you have any other tips for growers looking to apply humic acid products to their soils?
2: Yeah, I would say uh, use it on sandy ground in arid regions. That's probably where you're gonna get the most bang for your buck um, on ground that has high pH and, um, salinity, um, don't use it if you have high organic matter and you're in, um, a climate with more, more water and, um, and a lower pH because you've already got plenty of humic substances in the soil and you can concentrate on, on applying other things. Um, but yeah, these these can be applied foliarly as well. So blend them with your micronutrients. It's most effective at increasing uptake of iron and zinc. But the humic and fulvic acids also seem to increase the crop's ability to take up the macronutrients as well. So there, there is a synergistic effect there. So I always like to add it in with my with my nitrogen blends or any NPK blend plus micronutrients. And um, the more you can dose in your crop nutrition and small amounts of, of blends so that you, it's kind of like every meal is well balanced. That's, that's what you're going for.
1: You know, when you talk about these doses, you mentioned earlier that they could be fully early applied. How, else can they be applied to the soils?
2: Vertigation. You know, most people now are using drip or sprinkler. And so uh, most humic acid products are very soluble and will be safe on your irrigation system. So apply them um, with the water and in small amounts throughout the season. You can also apply it in higher concentration, um, pre-plant or at or a little bit after planting, and um, and then just take a look at the concentration of humic acid in the product because that can vary a whole lot. Some products have one or two percent humics, and other products may have six percent. and uh, And then you can do a back calculation and and figure out how much of that um, pure humic acid you're getting.
1: Well, perfect, Erin. Thank you for providing some much needed clarification to a complicated topic such as these humic acids and the humic substances in general. We really appreciate you being on here and talking about it with us.
2: Well, thank you for having me. It's, It's a really interesting topic and there's a lot to it, like lots more to learn. So I'm glad to talk a little bit.
1: Definitely. We hope to maybe hear more about it from you again in the future.
2: I hope
1: so. Yeah. This is Taylor with My Ag Life signing off.
2: Thanks for listening. Subscribe for updates on new episodes, exclusive content, and more at myaglife.com.